Of course, SENZ and SEN in Australia have full coverage of the two semi-finals starting tonight, 9.30 first ball. It is New Zealand up against India, while tomorrow South Africa take on Australia in the other semi-final. Full coverage of both semi-finals and the final coming your way on this very station. Now, we all know I have one Kiwi eye open at the best of times, but when it comes to cricket, it sort of, you know, closes to about 5%. I'm um, a little bit uh, black-leaning, fair to say. So I, I wanted to, to bring a balance to our analysis of these uh, semi-finals, and I can think of no better man joining us now. Uh, he is a talk sport cricket editor in the United Kingdom. Uh, good friend of the station. It is the one, the only, Mr. John Norman, who joins the programme. To add that balance, because, John, in no way, shape or form, you have any connection to New Zealand, do you? Well, apart from uh, my kids having dual nationality and my wife being very much uh, uh, Kiwi-raised, no, I, I'm, I'm absolutely straight down the middle. I suppose, actually, think about it. My dad was born in India and lived in India until he was seven. My wife's from India, so you know, I'm kind of in the middle on this one, but not really. Exactly. Exactly. No better person to join us uh, to take on this esteemed uh, responsibility of being the neutral uh, and, hey, before we talk about the semi-final, I've got to ask you about, A, the reaction in England to a, a really underwhelming, and there's probably harsh words being uh, said about England's title defence at this World Cup. What has that reaction been? Well, I mean, you know, two weeks ago, we were all quite annoyed about it. Now we're just like, um, we've kind of got come to terms with it. It was such a... The, the way that the system, or the way that the, the tournament has been played, most like in 2019, you know, the story had been written and has been written about England the best part of, what, 10 days ago, two weeks ago? You've got to feel for the the travelling press pack. You know, how on earth have they managed to fill up the last two weeks <laughs> with England being so wretched? I mean, it reminds me of being in Brazil in 2014 and uh, England were knocked out of the Football World Cup after essentially five days of the tournament and as I stumbled and made my way back to my apartment, all I remember <laughs> thinking is, you know, how on earth are we going to fill you know, 24 hours a day for the next 28 days coverage of a tournament that England have just been knocked out of um, England was so bad and it happened so quickly and it was so obvious so early on and then of course they still had to play another four games at least when Roy Hodgson was the manager we only had one game against Costa Rica we could come home England had to play another four or five games and the writing was well and truly on the wall so uh, the reaction two weeks ago was uh, one of shock of horror and disbelief kind of got our heads around it how, how, got, kind of got our heads around it now but uh, yeah it was pretty bad well, England have always, I, I've felt, always been one of the great entertainers at Cricket World Cups because you never quite know what you're going to get. You know, the brilliance of four years ago, but there has been pool stage exits um, thrown in along the way. So um, that's me clutching at a positive. Uh, has every question out of the English cricket fraternity um, been able to be answered by the two words Brendan McCullum? <laughs> well, look, first off, England were put on this planet to make the group stages entertaining you know and that's something in itself 
even in 2019, remember, they lost somehow. They lost to Sri Lanka and um, one other team, Pakistan, was it? And it ended up being that they had to win their last four matches, didn't they? They had to beat New Zealand in the final. They had to beat uh, Australia in the semi-final. They had to beat India in their final group game. Um, and they had one other big match as well. So, you know, they, they, that's what they do. 2015, of course, in New Zealand, um, if it wasn't for them, you know, what else would uh, would have been entertaining about the group stage at the World Cup? Uh, and 2011, of course, they did the same thing. I think there was a, I think they tied with new with India. Um, yeah, they did. Both teams got 338 or something absolutely ridiculous. And that, that's what England's about. The problem was this time around, they were so awful. They, of course, robbed the group stages of any jeopardy because we knew they weren't going to finish in the top four so early on. And we knew that the top four were going to finish in the top four. So, um, so yeah, there you go. But, yeah, I mean, Rob Key came out this week and, uh, you know, he took the blame. He took it on his own shoulders. He said, it's all about me. He was very football about it, wasn't he? I think there was an article in the Telegraph yeah. by Nick Holt saying he, he did the Alex Ferguson. You know, it was <laughs> pure distraction. Um, and look, you could say that, yes, the, the it has all been about the test team this year. We know that. Um, and um, they've been brilliant. It's been fantastic. But at the end of the day, you know, Australia are in the semifinals. They played in the Ashes. So, you know, you can't just look at the... Uh, and they did pretty well in the Ashes as well. So you can't just look at that. And it also, let's not let's be honest, you know, was Brendan McCullum really got anything to do with the fact that England won the toss against South Africa in a, you know, 100 degree heat and decided to bowl first. You know, was that really anything to do with the testing? I don't think so. We we, we tried that idea and it didn't work either. Uh, it wasn't particularly smart bowling first to South <laughs> yeah. Africa uh, in stonking heat. Let's get to the semi-finals. Um, massive mountain for New Zealand to overcome here, John. Um, we can't help but admire the strength and depth, the balance in this Indian side and the game breakers right across the field. They, they are a legit beast of a team, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, look, at the start of the tournament, I was of the opinion that actually, um, you know, I, I, I was of the opinion it was going to be quite a close World Cup. I thought India were favourites. They were favourites. I understood they were favourites. Home conditions has seen, you know, has helped enormously in World Cups um, ever since, you know, the, the truly legendary Australian team at the start of the, of the century swept all before them. Um, you know, India won it in 2011, Australia in 2015, England 2019. In, India were always going to finish in the top four. I did not see them winning all nine games. You know, I've, I just stepped. That wasn't part of the part part of it for me, um, and of course they had that injury early on to Hardik Pandya, and again the feeling was at the start of the tournament that he held the key. They're only their true one all rounder, you know, Ravindra Shadeja. You can stop listening now, but essentially it was all Hardik. <laughs> it allowed the team to work. Specialists in the top on the top six, uh, top five, and and the specialists in the in the bottom five, and it was Hardik Pandya that held the key, and of course. We haven't seen him. He, he hobbled off and and never came back. And actually, in some ways, you know, that's actually improved the team. Um, then, of course, there was a feeling, you know, Virat Kohli, KL Rahul, Rohit Sharma. We love these guys, but surely they're, surely they're one ICC world event past their best. Well, 
well, that's, you just throw that out. Absolute nonsense. Um, and then there was a feeling that actually, if you look, if you look at the other teams, you know, there were teams coming into this World Cup, especially when you remember where it was being played. Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, you know, they've had an upturn in fortunes. Um, and the teams are chasing pack. There wasn't a, you know, there was a, it wasn't real quality there. So I really felt like it was going to be quite a keenly fought World Cup group stage. Of course, England put pay to that notion at one end and at the other end, India have equally put pay to to that notion because they have been simply terrific and you just have to wonder if that if that could possibly possibly be their weakness because they have been under absolutely no pressure or whether that is a weakness or it could be a weakness that is exploited because whilst new zealand have had to play a lot of real pressurized games coming up against some very good opponents have really tested them and they've they've won some they've lost some they're in the semi-finals and coming up against an India team that essentially, you know, they have a starred every single, you know, examination they've had so far. What happens if, and it's a big if, what happens if it goes wrong or the pressure is on or the, the, the batting yeah. second and they lose a couple of wickets early on. I suppose that is the great um, question that we have about this India side going into uh, the semi-finals, and if they get through past you lot in the final as well. There is a weakness in the Indian side. It's quite a long tail, eight through 11. Problem is, they've only been six down three times in this whole tournament. (laughs) You can't get to their weakness. That that batting lineup is just stacked with so much talent, and the bowling has just been so well-balanced. And... I, Muhammad Shami, well, I don't know if he's been drinking from the fountain of youth, but he has just had an incredible tournament up top. So so it's it's a mountain. It would be a huge upset. But it is the Black Caps. They've got a lot of big game experience. They they often find themselves, or more often than not, playing in these type of games. What, what path to victory can you see for them? Go on. The optimistic view from an outsider's perspective. How do New Zealand win, if at all? Well, they they can win, um, and you know what, our 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 good friends, uh, we were uh, all together at uh, Mount Monganui and the Basin Reserve earlier this year. Myself, you, um, Neil Manthorpe, and Steve Harmison, and both Manners and Harmy, in the following on podcast this week, Cricket Collective, which is on the available. They they ha- they've seen the future, and the future is New Zealand winning this game. And I tell you exactly where where they see winning the game, and that is New Zealand winning the toss, deciding to bat, somehow getting up to a score around three hundred, maybe three three twenty, okay, which is which is eminently doable. But of course, we'll need yep. a lot of skill, and then essentially saying over to you, India, and uh, with uh, you know Trent Bolt with a new ball, the the ball zipping around a little bit. Um, a couple of wickets, and as you say, with that long tail, scoreboard pressure, pressure of the crowd, pressure of the occasion, and also the pressure of winning. You know, this is the, this is the whole thing, isn't it? They've won every single game, and you can just imagine being put in that position. Suddenly, the horror will start to strike. And as as much as we have become very, very familiar with watching India celebrate, every single cricket fan in the world knows 
what it's like to have that sinking feeling when supporting your team. And India is absolutely no different. So they will, uh, they have not felt the pressure yet. What New Zealand need to do is they need to put the pressure on India. And then we'll see what happens. That for me is is how New Zealand win this win this match outside of a once in a lifetime innings, you know, from Williamson or or Phillips or even Ravindra, or a once in a lifetime spell of of bowling from you know who, you know, Trent Bolt. Yeah. It's it it's more likely for me to be that way. The team squeezing the life out of India, um, putting the pressure on them, and essentially just clinging in there clinging in there as as long as you possibly can and then when it's your moment and New Zealand will New Zealand will know the moment when it is that moment then you go for it that for me is how New Zealand beat India Let's look at the second semi-final. John Norman out of TalkSport in the United Kingdom is with us. Uh, he is the uh, cricketing editor. Great for him to join us. It is South Africa against Australia. That's how they finished on the, the standing second and third. I've just checked the forecast in Kolkata. It looks like it's going to rain from now up until when Fulham buys a striker in February. Um, <laughs> so we might, not even, we might not even get a game. Well, first off, my motto in life, no matter what country you live in, is never believe the weather forecast. So, you know, we shall see. Um, Fulham Fulham will not score another goal this season, probably. Um, <laughs> and there's one way to, to wipe the smile off my face is to start talking about them. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, South Africa have got a wretched... Uh, Right. I mean, wretched. Um, I've had wretched form or wretched luck or wretched whatever against success against Australia uh, in semi-finals. And you have to say Australia are heavy favourites, not as quite as heavy as India, but of course South Africa did beat Australia earlier on in the tournament. There's so much to go at with that with that matchup, isn't it? I mean, in some ways, South Africa and Australia have have been the entertainers of the tournament so far. Certainly, Australia started it slowly, but then, of course, the, the, the culmination was that heroic, that heroic innings by Glenn Maxwell on one leg against Afghanistan. But let's not forget, in a World Cup, which essentially has had two close games, that match against New Zealand, um, phenomenal entertainment, um, and they just seem to be united as a team, which isn't always away with Australia. They seem to have been playing well in the subcontinent, which again is not always away with Australia. And um, they seem to have so much attacking threat, not just with the bat, but also with the ball. I mean, they look a really, really fearsome team. But they're coming up a side in South Africa, which has them in terms of age. I mean, you've got some some great youngsters there. Um, you'd have to say that their bowling probably looks marginally more uh, threatening. But, of course, there's a question mark over Temba Bavuma at the top of the order. But, of course, when he didn't play, Heinrich Klaassen came in um, and was absolutely was absolutely phenomenal at the top of the order. So it's a very, very difficult one to call. And I think that if, if you were to make a call, it's probably – you just got more belief in Australia, Australia's belief in themselves yes, than South Africa's. Yes. 
you know, especially when they come up against each other in these high-profile matches. But that could be an absolutely fascinating contest if the weather relents and allows. Yeah, I think if you take the top two inches out of it, it's South Africa's to lose, but you can't. Um, And that belief, that inner belief Australian cricketer has shown over years... Um, sees them as favourites, and I'm with you on that front. Hey, John, can I get you out on this? And you just hinted at it. Um, we're, mm. we're about to have the 46th match of this World Cup, and I think you said two yeah. tight games. It's been so oh, bizarrely mate. lopsided, disappointingly so. How much pressure on these four sides to actually give us something as far as a spectacle and oh, something well. dramatic? But it's always been this way, isn't it? I mean... 2019, let's not forget, was exactly the same. It was the same. It was It was only because England, you know, lost those two games and from an English perspective. And also Pakistan and New Zealand, there was a big race there, wasn't there, to, to qualify yeah. as well. So, but it was essentially the same, the same. Um, 2015 as well, you know, I remember coming out to New Zealand and I had this big wall chart with every single game on it. And I looked at all of the, I looked at the way that it was different. It was, um, I think there was four groups then. I can't. I can't even remember. But essentially, I looked at the way it was all set up, and I thought, do you know what? There's two important games here. In all of the group stages, you would you knew who was going to finish. You know, um, who was going to progress through to the next the, to the knockout stages. You could just tell. There was two games of note. One was England Bangladesh. And I think one was Australia, New Zealand, but I can't quite remember. It's just always been the way. 2007 World Cup was awful. I mean, they they just can't get it right. So it's a real shame. I mean, the fact that the Cricket World Cup was played in the in part at the same time was in parallel with the Rugby World Cup. Now, the Rugby World Cup as well, I don't think they've got that right either. But boy, at least they had a few more interesting games um we've just got to hope i suppose that just like the rugby world cup which conjured up those two incredible quarterfinals didn't they i mean two of the best rugby matches i've ever seen in my life back to back um we just got to hope something happens because if it doesn't and this tournament goes away that we fear it really outside of india and you know, it, that's important, of course, but it's really not going to be remembered with any for anything, really. Um, so yeah, let's hope we get some get some entertainment. But you know what? One of the reasons that it has been so lacking in drama, lacking in intrigue, and lacking in classics is because, of course, there's been absolutely no jeopardy. There's been no jeopardy involved at all. Jeopardy, of course, will be more than present in these two semi-finals. And with jeopardy comes intrigue. With intrigue yes. comes incident. And, of course, with all of those things comes pressure. And really, that's where sport really is interesting, where you really cannot keep your eyes off of it when the pressure is on because either mistakes happen or brilliance occurs. And you just got to, you just got the feeling that in one of, and hopefully two of these semifinals, um, that's exactly what we're going to see or hear over the next 48 hours. John, you're a gem for joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, the best to you and your family. If I don't speak to you again before the year uh, rolls out, um, happy Christmas um, and all of that, and give my best to the uh, the crew back at TalkSport. Thanks for your time. 
Oh, anytime, matey. And uh, yeah, well, I'll be, um, I'll certainly be so uh, cheering on New Zealand um, and covering on Talksport. Of course, we don't have the rights, but I'll be uh, updating the good, uh, the good listeners throughout the day. So it's a, a bit of a better time over here as well. Eight thirty a.m. start. I mean, how good is that? Eight thirty a.m. and yeah, I'm back good. to help with the kids as well when I get. I mean, this you can't, you can't get better than that. Hopefully, it's a New Zealand oh. South Africa final. 